the mask thing. Yeah. Um, my ward, we went, it, this week was first time going the second hour. Uh -huh. And we were, we were asked to wear our masks going in and out of the building and in the halls. But when you kind of paused while we were, um, <laughs> but um, goes into how Isaiah prophesies of, of lots of different things within um, leadership. I know that there's lots of debate on what exactly Isaiah's meaning here, but but when leadership gets kind of Pharisaic in, in ways and uh, puts a hedge up about the law and how we navigate that in the end times and, and things, I, I find that very interesting as we're going through it. Um, you know, I, I've seen all sorts of comments and, and things. That's why I I stay off of Facebook for the most part, because I, I get so heated and involved in uh, comments and debates and stuff of, oh, well, President Nelson's going to, to go apostate at some point, or, oh, well, uh, we're not going to have this and that. And uh, I don't know, whatever you want to make of it, we do know that our leadership is, is fallible, right? That we have, we're, we're just men and women leading God's church the best that, that we can, and, and we're not always going to be perfect at it. And uh, it's interesting how that all plays into um, these, these last two chapters here um, with, with Babylon, with Jacob Israel, and I think it even plays into this next chapter too, uh, talking about um, the, the importance of leadership roles and to always be seeking the, the Lord's counsel on, on everything that we do. And to you know, because there's there's sustaining our leaders, and then there's, you know, idolizing them. Yeah, idolizing them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great word. Uh, in no way am I trying to to say that we don't sustain our leaders, but um, uh, it kind of plays into the laws of the land as well, where you know we we have our law, but if we disagree with it, that we you know we we go through the proper channels to to change things and stuff. We don't just um, I don't know, in politics, you know, like, uh, go bonkers on, on, on things and stuff. Anyway, uh, <laughs> long kind of uh, rant there, I, I guess. But um, it, it's just interesting to be at this time, politically and ecclesiastically, when there's such difference of opinion, tumult of opinion, um, and how things are just kind of wild, <laughs> right? Navigating it is is always a, a struggle on on different aspects because we don't want to drive anybody away from the church, but yet we often feel that that we need to stand our ground. And uh, anyway, interesting. Um, so blurred. What was that? All of the lines are blurred. You can't tell where one stops and the other one starts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Satan's doing very well at, at blurring those lines even on a daily basis, right? Um, but anyway, so from this chapter, we have so many different uh, things and concepts uh, from uh, the, the exile and, and things to, to fairy tales and um, later on. Anyway, what what things stood out to you that you would like to to dive into? I, I know the fairy tales is is one that I kind of want to hit on at some point. We can start there if you'd like. Or, um, I find that 
as the the Lord wants to teach me something new, he'll start repeating it in lots of different sources and in lots of different places. And fairy tales seems to, to be that one for me for some reason. I've always found them intriguing. I, I, I really hate Disney and, and that whole conglomerate, but I do love fairy tales. And um, uh, some of these symbolisms that, that are popping through and when Avraham's talking about it and uh, Mandy Green is talking about it and I'm, I'm having it just kind of flooded at me. It's like, oh, pay attention, there, there's something here. And so what did you all learn from uh, there on page like 120, 121, et cetera, about these, um, the parallels with the archetypes in, in fairy tales? What kind of interesting uh, insights or experience do you have with, with those? I'd just love to hear from you. Well, I personally think that all of the stories, all of the fairy tales were, were given to keep the, um, to keep the evidence alive. Now, the reason they call them fairy tales is because they're supposed to be imaginative or imaginary stories that were used to keep children out of trouble because they would scare them into being straight. But, you know, a lot of this stuff, it happens it, and it's reoccurring over and over again. It's, it's human nature, it's, but it is the way that the Lord has commanded things should be run. And I think it is like, it's kind of like uh, urban scripture, <laughs> just like Isaiah, but it's all in code. Yeah. Um, and, a lot of times we, as each generation goes on, they tell the story, but they don't know where it came from, you know? So I think, and then what happens is, is it keeps that information there. And then later on, the Lord can use that to teach you something or to bring something to your remembrance or to uh, uh, help you to see a, a, a focus, Um uh, a message to be used as a as a second witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I love that second witness principle there, um, because a lot of times we look at different stories or parables or um, symbolic things, and yeah, they're great, but um, sometimes we disregard them because they are just that. They're they're not scripture. They're you know, but um, but a second witness. So we, we get it from multiple angles and that's how the Lord kind of starts helping us prove certain points or teach us certain lessons kind of thing. I like that. You know, another thing, one of the things that I noticed in Isaiah is he makes predictions several times mm -hmm. and they're years and years ahead of when it's supposed to happen. And the reason why he says that is so that when it is read later, that it actually becomes a prediction long before it could ever happen so that they couldn't say that, well, it was just written after something had happened and they make it pretend that it was a prediction. But, and there are so many instances and so many examples of it that that's how the Lord keeps it from being counterfeited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um. So what are some of 
the fairy tales that, that come to mind when we're talking about that principle or uh, later on like 124 when it talks about some of these curses and um, how uh, in, in fairy tales like we break the curse and and um, I yes we're talking about real covenants and curses yet these these fairy tales that, that have those what are some that come to mind and what are some of the lessons that we can learn from them or who do they point to well you have beauty and the beast right where the beast was under a curse because he had been um selfish and not been willing to share what he had been given um with someone who was in need right so then he was cursed and he had to he had to be truly humbled and he went through all these stages and everything but he had to be truly humbled and truly learn to love someone else and be willing to sacrifice himself in order for the curse to be broken right and 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 that's the same kind of thing we can get very caught up in our own situation our own personal thing we can become very self-centered but um if we do that, then we will be subject to the same covenant curse, right, from the Lord, which is a, a absence of his blessings, because then we're not doing what he's asking. And, and, and then we have that same covenant curse until we humble ourselves and we're able to come back and say, okay, Lord, I uh, tell me who to serve. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I love that. There's a ton there. Um, this was a couple years ago, but like I had kind of given up on Disney a long time ago, and uh, I, it was presented or whatever, and I was like, okay, well, I'll watch it with you. But and then I was looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the Adam and Eve story, like in in a different form, and I'd never put that together before. And uh, as I was looking through it and, and pointing out all of these little um, details in, I can't even remember which version it was. I think it's the, the newest one, but anyway, they, they had lots of interesting, um, symbolism there tied in, even with, with colors and, and things. It's like, oh, whoever's putting this together is, is kind of getting some of the stuff. And, um, and I, I don't know, I found it fascinating how, uh, it, it portrayed Adam and Eve's story so well. Um, what was the movie? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I forget. I think it's the one with the, the Harry Potter girl in it. Um, yeah. uh -huh. Emma Watson? Yeah. I think so. I'm pretty sure that was the one. Um, the live action instead of the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, and then just going through all these different uh, fairy tales and, and looking at them, um, I, I found it interesting there on page 124 that we have to pay a price that banishes the curse. It's there at the, the very bottom of the page. And how do we do that? How do we banish a curse? What's the price that needs to be paid? By renewing the covenant and keeping its terms. And so um, just kind of throwing that out there, how do most princess fairy tales break the curse? Like what, what is the thing that brings them out of it? A kiss. The kiss, right? <laughs> And, and it's true love kiss. Yeah, true love's kiss. True love's kiss. <laughs> now, and a lot of them, there's always uh, an individual 
who sacrifices themselves for another. Mm -hmm. Even Beauty and the Beast, uh, she tried to sacrifice herself for her dad. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I, I, another one came to mind, but I just had a senior moment, so I've lost. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you get the picture. Yeah. Yeah, that principle of sacrifice, because that's kind of the whole gospel wrapped up in a nutshell. As we sacrifice, as we uh, reach to outside of ourselves to other rungs of the ladder to help them to... Um, and likewise, as we do so, we get helped, right? Um, so even um, the, this heroine beauty that, that reaches and um, is trying to help her father, she also gets helped in, in other various ways. And anyway, there, yeah, sacrifice, a huge, huge principle. Um, True Love's Kiss, I, that was kind of uh, interesting as I was going through it. I was like, okay, so why is it always a kiss? What does that represent? And is the answer right here? It's the renewing of the covenant. And what's the, the, the symbol for covenant? It's the vesica Pisces shape. And that's what represents the lips is that vesica Pisces. And I was like, oh, okay. So of course it's the kiss. That's, that's the covenant uh, that we speak the covenant that we honor uh, the words that come out of our mouth as we uh, make covenants with the Lord. Uh, anyway, I, I found it very interesting going through that. Um. There's also, there's also in most of them, there's always a, a, a person, a force that instigates the curse or enforces the curse or applies the curse to the other people. Mm -hmm. So it is always an outside entity that influences or forces uh, their will upon the, the others. Uh whether it's a god, it's an evil stepsister, maybe a, a lady that wants Dalmatian coat or, or uh, you know, everybody's always going to be, there's always got to be the, the bad, uh, the, the villain, you know, everybody, the, the, the Disney villain. Mm -hmm. so there's, mm -hmm. In that particular case, there's always somebody else forcing their will upon, upon others who ends up in that particular case, um, well, in all in all of the cases, they end up losing because of the love and the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and, and that that has a lot to do with you know, uh, the other day there was so much negativity in the in the news and all of the stuff seemed to be happening that was just it made you want to just cry. And all I could think of was that was a, a, some, a quote I'd once heard that I reign from the rivers to the, to the seas, to the end of the earth. None dare uh, molest or make afraid. And I'm going, yeah, somebody's gloating right now pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I love those tie-ins. Um, and, and here in the scriptures, we have lots of different... Um, archetypes of that that villain right that uh, God allows people to, to use their agency and um, many times the the wicked are raised up and uh, they self-exalt and everything for a purpose for a time so that they can punish the wicked and uh, be a stepping stool for the righteous as, as they go through their decent phases in order to to uh, ascend I, I found that very interesting throughout here and uh, putting that in with 
with these fairy tale motifs and, and types. Very interesting. So um, I don't know about you all, but as I was going through this whole chapter, President Nelson's name is like on every page, it seems like just every single thing seems to point to our latter days. It's so fun to be in uh, this time of, of the earth when we're seeing Isaiah's prophecies really come to pass. And in short order, uh, we have lots of different um, things here that, that, that point there. Uh, one of them that uh, was just on this page, uh, 119, um, talks about, about hearing him and uh, with our initiative to, to hear him and how it says here, but Isaiah asserts that it is their sins and iniquities that separate them from God so that he doesn't hear them. And, and interesting that dichotomy between hearing him and then him hearing us as well. Um, what are some other ones that, that really kind of pointed to that? Like on page 118, that Babylon has a three-year lease of time in which to, to repent before God brings upon it three years of judgment. Um, you know, we have all of our timelines and eclipses and, and all of that kind of thing. But um, looking at the time frame of President Nelson and from, from 2018 till now could easily fit in, in there. It'll be interesting how that plays out. If, if that's really uh, the timeline that we're looking at, then we have these three years of judgment where um, it's going to be an interesting time in the fairy tale when, when lots of things run rampant and um, it's a great time to sacrifice and to uh, make and keep sacred covenants. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so let's see. Catherine, Another I really like the first part that it talked about you're either ascending or descending, how you can't stay on in one place. Um, the, let's see, it's on 110. We, um, Jacob Israel to, to cease clinging to the false idea of him to do more than merely just believe that he exists. And then um, that kind of goes along. It says they must choose between a true God, their savior, or a false God who cannot save. Um, I was working out the other day in that old, old song from like the 80s, I Need a Hero. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys can think of that song, but how I would, I used to always think of, I need a hero like a guy, but then this, when I listen to it now, all I think of is we already have a hero. Like, and it's like a mindset, how your mind changes and how like probably everybody in this group, like before it was easy just to sit and read a fictitious book. And now it's like, if I'm not learning, I don't feel like I'm using, I'm not, I'm not progressing and I don't, um, and not judging other people when they're, but they'll have a root, root book grabbers, book club or something. I think I don't want to read that book. Like I want to learn something. And I feel like we're, I, it's always been, you're either progressing or not, you know, you're going backwards, but I feel like even now, and then I heard, I saw on Instagram, um, president Nelson put, um, if you are prepared, it will be a glorious time. 
ahead. Glorious. And for me personally, this since COVID started, financially done way better than we've done for years. So I think, wow, like <laughs> it's kind of glorious, even though we have, I mean, we've had mass issues and vaccine issues and lots of other issues to kind of maneuver through. But um, I can definitely tell we're in a day where you have to be progressing that ladder of ascension or you are literally going backwards spiritually. Mm -hmm. And like about three years ago, I was just at a really hard time and I was in a ward that just was really clicky and just real. I really could not find my space in it. And I kept thinking, if I did not know this church was true, I would never go back. I would never, ever go back to church if I did not know without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. So I think, and I've had so many trials this last like 10 years, just like one after another, and they're still coming, but mm -hmm. it does feel like that burden's getting lighter. It does feel, I can see where, where before I was just like paralyzed of fear of the second coming. And now it's like, oh, I can, I can start. It's shifting. Mm -hmm. I just thought I'd share that. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that. Um, that that fear of the second coming because you know how many endless sunday school lessons have we had about you know the signs of the times and how it's kind of fearful and moon turning to blood etc and yet the more i learn the more i know that i don't know but yet it's a fear i mean it's a, a faith-based um thing where there's joy in it yet you know there there's unknowns and and you just still have to navigate but um, at the same time, it's not that, that awful doom and gloom that <laughs> I used to, to deal with all the time. You think it's the higher you are up on the ladder, the more, the less it will affect you. Like the, um, you're still going to have issues. You're still going to have problems. You're still going to have plagues or whatever that's coming, but maybe it won't just won't affect you as much because you're high enough up that you're, you're like beyond the ouch of it. I don't know. I wanted to know what you thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that as, you know, trials keep coming and you're just like, okay, I, I can face them with more faith. I really, Isaiah decoded, opened my eyes to a lot, just knowing the descent before ascent phase, that mm -hmm. you're always going to, to need a springboard because we're not just coasting. Like time marches on and you can just stay there. I mean, we, we can stay in, in our metaphorical Edens but we're not going to experience anything better unless we we have to dip down through through things and yeah i i'm able to confront my uh tests and trials a lot easier with uh, a proper framework rather than just kind of dwelling in it and going why is god punishing me like I, i'm doing the right things right like why why does he keep sending this and that and, and so forth and yet now it's like, oh, all I've got to do is keep my testimony, keep persevering and, and push through it, much like Abraham. That's why I loved studying Abraham was like, you know, he's a great man and, and the Lord's not just throwing things at him as punishment, but to as tests and trials and, and things to, to push through. And, and it just makes all the difference going into trials full of faith and going, okay, yeah, I got this. It might be yeah. hard. I, I'm not going to know what's going to come next, but I, I'm fine. Kind of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, on page, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, throughout my life, I've had a lot of trials, a lot. And I never referred to them as now, you know, ascents and descents and that. I always just thought I was on a roller coaster ride and waiting for that next dip to come <laughs> before I could climb back up the, to go to the top of that roller coaster and then was going to drop again at some point. But, you know, it from this, now it kind of makes it more sense. Yeah, it just kind of opens it up to 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 new thinking. Like, okay, I got this. I I have the tools now to make it through, and not just have to endure, but to actually uh, be pro. No, there's end in sight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, exactly. and even to add to that is that you had to go through that. You cannot go to the next rung without the humiliation. Without you cannot move us up. Like I used to think that some people just had a great life and didn't have problems. And now I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I've been through a lot of those <laughs> really tough trials, like really tough. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, and it's like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't progress. I couldn't get up that without that humiliation, without the being humble and depending on the Lord. Like I, I didn't, I guess I didn't see it as literal as I see it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting, in our state conference today, um, they, someone quoted from a 2017 study, it was Carolyn Schwartz, and she was studying uh, patients with MS, and I, I found this very interesting as we're looking into Isaiah and stuff, that she decided to kind of take the, the rabbit principle and, and apply it to, to her um, subjects, her, her group, and she wanted to see what the effects would be of other MS patients ministering, but um, uh, going to, to others with MS and sharing their stories, helping them through it, versus um, the patients just relying on their family who haven't went through it necessarily. And so um, kind of creating support groups where they weren't naturally forming uh, was kind of the, the thing. But she was surprised at the results that it wasn't necessarily the ones being ministered to, but the ones ministering were the ones that were healing and feeling better and um, uh, kind of climbing out of it uh, as far as some of their severe symptoms. Yes, the ones that um, had MS that uh, were receiving the visitors with, with MS, they, I mean, they, they improved, but um, it wasn't near as drastic as the ones that were actually doing the ministering, they were just growing by leaps and bounds. And um, uh, it, it was an interesting study that she did. And uh, they were talking about that in, in conference and how that applies to kind of our current situations, how we live with joy, even amidst tribulation. But I was like, oh, man, this is totally like the latter. This is <laughs> Isaiah's latter in a nutshell, that as we reach outside of ourselves, quit being myopic in our trials, that as soon as we start serving others that are on lower rungs of the ladder or um, haven't went through as 
much as we've went through yet, but when we start reaching down, helping others up, that's when we're healed in ways that, that we can't do on our own. And I, I just love that, that example there. Uh, yes, we have the, the rabbit principle that was um, uh, shared at, at conference. I, I love that one too. And kind of putting those together just really makes sense how love, compassion, and service are the catalysts. Um, those, those sacrifice principles that we talked about with the, um, the fairy tales, how that just really plays into the ascension and, um, and service here. I love that. Cameron, I have kind of an interesting little comment. Yeah. This um, sister in my ward stood up today and she, for her testimony, I don't know, like something about it, about the, the ladder of ascension. She talked about how she wrote the temple because the St. George temple has been torn apart for a year and a half. And she wrote the temple a letter saying, I'm so sorry you're such a mess and it must be embarrassing to be so torn apart you must be so sad and to not have people there and everybody's ignoring you and da, 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 da. and I was thinking I wonder if temples have to climb the ladder of ascension I know that temples aren't people uh-huh. but then I was like wow like that's crazy because we have all these the older temples that are all torn up yeah and maybe there is a little bit of significance to it that they are all just this big huge I mean, ours looks like a haunted house. Like it looks really bad. <laughs> it looks really bad from one side. It looks really bad. Yeah. And I was thinking, I wonder if it is like a phase. I mean, I know that probably sounds silly to some of you, but I, I, just, the part of it seemed true to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like maybe to get that, maybe to get the part that had been defiled out to rise it, or I don't know. I wanted to just share that. That's so interesting. I, I've never thought of that in, in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, everything's created spiritually before it's created temporally, right? And uh, we know that like even the earth has a spirit, uh, they're, the rocks, everything. Like, Why wouldn't temples, houses of the Lord, even if it's just the the lord himself being... Right. You know, and, then, and then the people kind of have to descend to we have to be humiliated, go through humiliation to be ready for the new one. Like we've been without a temple now. And I, and I have to say, like, I do think there's like some sort of truth to it because like before I moved into my house, every time I drove by the house, I just felt like it was calling me. Like, I was just like, you're supposed to live there. I was like, why is this house talking to me? But now I'm like, I wonder if I wonder if there is like an energy or a spirit or something. I don't know. I don't even know what has to do with this chapter, but <laughs> it does kind of match with the levels. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the people, sure. like the people in the area, like how we've kind of had to be humbled. And, you know, even though the temple's been closed, it's going to be a long time before they're open here. And there's not really a temple closed. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna give that more thought and stuff I've never I love a, a completely <laughs> new thing that's never before thought of I, I like a temples with spirits okay um let's see what else do we got here
I kind of forget what we talked about in group A versus group B and <laughs> what we have left to, to cover here. But um, interesting, like on uh, page 125, um, I found this very interesting. As we're talking at the very top here, it says that when the people of Jacob and Israel make that transition, giving up their false gods for the truth God, they experience a metamorphosis, a change of identity. And um, kind of looking at our, our current prophet, President Nelson talked, gave a whole talk about that metanoeo principle, the, the change, the repentance, and, and how important that is in order to change and become a different, um, a different being. And um, that instantly make me think of uh, his challenge to the youth and then later to the to the whole church to study in the topical guide the the names and titles for Jesus Christ and um, when uh, I don't know if Wendy was interviewed or whatever but but Wendy gives the the response that she asked President Nelson so what's different after doing this study what what changed and he said that I'm a changed man he, he's different by by having done this and so, um, as they, like it says here, um, giving up their false gods for the true God, making a transition, and not necessarily that he had false gods in, in this scenario, but, but that, um, that metamorphosis of um, really learning who Christ is in lots of different aspects, putting together all the composites together, he came out of that a changed man, and how uh, we might do the same uh, as we go through our own metamorphoses and become the, the butterflies we're meant to become as we ascend the ladder. <laughs> I, this, I, there's going to be lots of fairy tale <laughs> things in here, but um, I, I just find it so interesting. It, it just keeps popping up that, that President Nelson's here. President Nelson's here. Um, likewise, on on the map in this chapter just it on on page 113 um that map uh going from israel to mesopotamia and then up to, to western and eastern europe that map looks almost exactly like the reverse of the the one in i, I forgot to look up the month but it's in the 1991 enzyme where nelson talks about the drama on the european stage and the the work that that he and others did in Europe to, to unlock and for the, the preaching of the gospel there and how that really plays into um, the the topics that, that we're talking about here on page 112, 113 um, and the, the scattering versus the, the gathering that, that's happening in, in these last days. I found that very interesting. So throwing out the question, do we all start out on the Jacob Israel ladder at birth or is there different levels or how do we navigate that with this chapter? What, what does that look like? Well, because you have to, you can ask the Lord to know <clears throat> or to let you know what your, uh, your specific calling was or what things you were supposed to accomplish while you were here. Uh, or you can even ask the Lord, well, what did I ask you to give me before I ever came here? You know, because a lot of times the challenges that we are given 
coincide with the request that we made before we left there to come here. Uh, maybe some of the people who are difficult in your life volunteered. They were your maybe your best friend, and they volunteered to to be the bad guy just to give you the experience of forgiveness, of, of love, of, uh, of endurance charity. and charity. Um, and then once we're out of this world, you got to remember that, hey, I did this for you. you. I was the bad guy, so you could be the good guy. So we, we have to ask the Lord for those assistance and, the, and to tell us what that is, and he will make it known unto you. So we will find out where on that ladder of Jacob's Jacobness that we are. Mm -hmm. I, I think spirit gifts come into it too, right there. I, I think we're all born at the Jacob Israel level, right? Um, as the children of God, but then depending on how we're raised and the environment that we're in and choices that we make, we, um, we may find ourselves down in Babylon, right? And, and all of those things. Or we may find ourselves um, working toward ascending to Zion and Jerusalem. Uh, but I think to ascend it takes a conscious choice. To I totally agree with Nancy. I have one comment, though. I have five children. Mm -hmm. and one or two of them are really spiritually minded and others are just they just don't they just don't really get it like they just don't spirit they're just not spiritually minded it's like a gift they weren't given like they just don't really they don't absorb what they hear they don't really care they're great people but they just aren't so I wonder like where that comes in because I think some of it's a gift like it's a spiritual gift some people are just naturally more spiritually minded or not well, I think that it's a conscious choice that they've made to, to move up and to seek more light. But if they don't make a conscious choice and they just ride along, right, they will fall down, they will fall down to, toward the Babylon level. Whether they fully embrace Babylon or not, maybe they don't quite. Maybe they're just kind of dipping down, you know, a, a couple of toes or up to their ankle. They're waiting in Babylon, maybe. Um, but I, I like you. I have five children. And the odd children, one, three, and five, all went on missions, all married in the temple. Well, the youngest one's not married yet, but you know, they're all more spiritually minded. Number two and four, they don't go to church, they married non-members. You know, I, I see exactly what you're talking about. Um, same and family. Children, were they not as like in like just not even even as children? Because mine were even as children, they just were like kind of didn't really take in primary or really care or just really they've never really absorbed they don't absorb it i just wonder if it's like a spiritual like almost a, a gift or more of a curse i don't know maybe it's who they are and maybe that's something they've been set yeah. to overcome. and you know we, uh, our job is to help them overcome that. But, you know, at a certain point in time, you know, my kids are all adults, right? So I, I have to let them be on their own. So what, all I can do is I can pray that the yeah. Lord will give them experiences that will have them turn to him and remember what they've been taught because right. they know it, right? It just right. Can, I, 
can I somebody that speaking from somebody that never absorbed it myself? Sure. Um, I I never absorbed it. I mean, I listened to it. I had faith. I I I strayed from the church for many years. Wasn't active whatsoever. But I always had the faith, and I always believed. Still, it was still there. But never anything. The things didn't really click. Now my brother. He can recite scriptures on the drop of a hat and tell you everything, anywhere, any, anything, everything. He's had picture perfect life that, you know, hasn't had troubles, you know, everything. He always lands on his feet. It's always been great. Me, I've been through the depths of hell and back again repeatedly. Lost two children this, these last in the last four years i've i've lost children that have passed away i was divorced i lost a job i mean all all in the same point of time still i don't grasp i can hear i can read it i can see it it's familiar but yet when i go to talk about it something in there is there i might not be able to recite scripture and i might not read but it's it's in there so don't give up on those and don't think it's a curse or it's something else. There's something there. And maybe like me, I had to go through all this hell and back again for why. I don't know. I, I mean, my patriarchal blessing, there is one sentence in it that says, you will see miracles performed because you have great faith as a queen in God's kingdom. I don't know what that means, but I do know that if I have that faith, maybe I don't understand everything, but that faith in there is going to point me somewhere. You'll find yeah. out. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you'll find out. It'll be... Uh... If you ask the Lord to show it to you, he'll help you find it. And I, I, I said, I have, and I am, and I'm, but this has been a long process for me also, you know, it's, it's, it, but I had to hit rock bottom. And I mean, rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, it's and, you know, I, like I said, my brother they've been it's been a picture perfect family everything's been wonderful no problems no issues and and i'm i'm 59 years old he's 63 first time now they have a child that you know they're contemplating divorce ones they've all served missions all their kids and and honestly uh, like you were saying you wouldn't give up your trials i wouldn't give up mine because i don't know how i would act how I would be if I had never at this point in my life never had a trial with any of my family or my kids and now all of a sudden be faced with one we went up and down on that roller coaster all our life and and there now they don't know what to do because their kids are, are turning yeah and turning away from faith and they're they've having you know extramarital affairs different things and and she'll, they'll come to me and say, what do we do? You, you, you've been there. Oh yeah, I've been there. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, it's, <laughs> it's not pretty and it's not good, but love them. That's all I can say. Love them. Wrap your arms around them and love them. 
for sure. So you were being trained to be a counselor for them. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, because so. yeah, who do they turn to? Who do we all turn to in, in our times of trials and, and things when we need counseled and, and things? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's it's who we kind of least likely think. Um, like, for example, uh, hopefully my brother doesn't watch these, but anyway. <laughs> I, I'm hoping my brother doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, I've, I've always looked at him as like, okay, whatever. He's the, the older rebel brother. I could, there's nothing to learn there, <laughs> learn from him. But um, I, you know, through my recent divorce and I'm just like, man, he's given me some of the best counsel, some of the best um, smacks upside the head and, and things. And it's like, I don't know where that happened, but, but, all of a sudden he, he switched and I thought he was on the lower rung of the ladder and I was supposed to be helping him up. But in this instance, he was the one helping me through it. And so mm -hmm. it's interesting how we can switch positions sometimes yeah. and in different aspects of our lives. Like um, definitely there's, there's aspects I can help him with and, but there's also aspects that, that he can help me with. And it's not just all lumped together. He's a, uh, it's not black and white, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was an, an eye-opener going through this uh, Isaiah Decoded and, and this process and, and looking at it and going, oh, we can be on different rungs of the ladder in different aspects of our lives. And um, and our, our, we're, we're just swapping. It's, this con it's like this beehive of ministering. I mean, it's just buzzing. It's just we're, we're going everywhere and there's just everybody's working. And uh, anyway, I just find it fascinating uh, to, with this new uh, paradigm and, and looking at it in, in a different way with faith. It's like, oh, oh, it just changes everything. Well, <laughs> it, I think my whole family had thought I was a lost cause. And, you know, I was the rebel child, the black sheep of the family. And now they're like, whoa, what happened? What, <laughs> what, what, what? So don't give up on those kids. And, and it's, there, there's something they're learning. We may not know what it is and we may never know, but just always let them know you love them no matter what. And that by far will go a long, long way. Mm -hmm. Well, I Thank think you. it all ties into that. You have to descend before you can ascend, right? That whole, that whole thing that, uh, that Abraham talks about, you know, and I, Isaiah, you, you descend and then you ascend. And then once you have You've descended through whatever trial it is, and then you can ascend, but now you have that experience so that when other people are going through that trial, you can say, I understand. I've been Absolutely. there. Let me show you what I did. And then you can reach down and help them ascend. And, and we just all help each other in different areas doing that. But if none of us ever descended into a trial or a difficulty or a mistake or, or whatever, then none of us would be here. No, be no we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have that experience to be able to help other people, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that's why it's so important that we have the atonement because we all need it. And they, they know, okay, you, everybody's going to need this because they're going to have to have problems and work through those so they can come out the other side and help other people who are gonna to have to have problems and work through those. And it, it's really cool when you think about it in those terms.
It really is. Um, I have one comment how you, we talked about us all starting at the same level. Um, I have one sister who, and her patriarchal blessing said that she, she was going to go with the third of the host of heaven that decided not to come to earth. But the last minute she decided to go. Oh, wow. That's quite a thing. Wow. To get. Yeah, it says that. So I wonder, and she's, she's a really good girl. She's really kind and stuff, but she's kind of struggles. She's not super spiritual, but she's a really good person. But I wonder like some, in some cases, maybe they are barely on that first rung. Like, like it's almost like she got talked into coming. And I think I really do think that some of us, maybe a friend kind of talked us into coming. I don't know. Her sounds like that. Mm-hmm. So like maybe some people just barely got to that rung, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, playing through that. And uh, who knows all of the, the different uh, covenants or whatever we made right. with other people and like, hey, like uh, we'll help each other in, in the next life kind of thing. Um, but like who were our associates and, and friends and stuff? Oftentimes they're, they're members of our own family. We come as family units in, in different ways. And um, it, it just kind of opens the mind to like, okay, who do I need to be ministering to? Like, um, I, I would love to make sure that I, I help those that, that I promised to help before or, or whatever, you know, I know that that's kind of a, a tricky principle to, to navigate, but um, with coordination and all that kind of stuff, but um, just rising to our, our stature. And I love what, what Scott says, like, just ask, like, ask God, like, yeah. he'll, he'll tell you and help you along as you uh, start to uh, really minister and reach out and, and become uh, an active member on this ladder to, to bring others unto to Christ. And anyway, it, it's just awesome to, to think about. And, uh, you know, Cameron, that asking is a very important signal to the savior and to the father, because if we don't ask ahead of time, then we're not ready to receive the answer. Yeah. So it's not until we, it's important to us to know more before they'll actually take that extra step, I believe, to ask, to let you ask it. Then once you've asked it and they can tell that you really want to know the answer, then they'll start putting things in your path that will give you the answer that that you ask. Uh, many people don't go through life. They, they go through their whole life without asking. And that is uh, that has a lot to do with, with many things. Now, the last thing I understand here also is the, all the, the temptations and all the blurred lines and all the subtlety and the craftiness and all of the opposition that promises you uh, uh, no hardships and we'll take care of you. All of this is the exact same sales pitch that was given to us in the pre-existence. Okay, this is not the first time we've ever heard this. And, and, and for like the good sister that has a has her sibling that said, ah, the patriarchal blessing says you pulled it out at the last moment. Well, there are put, there are things, challenges put in our path that will make us choose here, mm-hmm. okay? Where we don't have that fence sitter ability. You'll either choose one or the other. And yeah. what's really 
What's really important is the Lord makes sure that you have made up your mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's going to force you to either say yay or nay, this side or that side. And that's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And that was foretold. Like we've heard prophets say forever, you're, there's not going to be a middle of the line, right? There's mm-hmm. not, there's it's just not going to be there. That's what you're saying, right? And that exactly. was an aha moment with this whole Isaiah's ladder of what that really means. So like that Jacob Israel category doesn't go into the millennium. It, and so it's like, oh, okay, so I can pinpoint it right here. And, and what does that mean? So the Babylonians and, well, Jacob slash Israel and everyone else gets uh, taken off. And that's what the whole burning's about. It just makes so much sense. And that those that actually make and keep covenants, Zion slash Jerusalem, and higher make it so that they can keep progressing and helping and doing the ordinances uh, throughout the millennium. I, it's like, oh, oh, this makes so much sense. That, and just to make sure you understand, it is a ladder and not an escalator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't climb the ladder, you don't make the effort, you're not going any higher. Mm-hmm. And the ladder is not getting any longer from the bottom up. It takes work and effort. Yeah, it takes a lot of work and effort. <laughs> Sometimes that's a little daunting, but um, yeah, it's fun, though. Regardless, <laughs> it has lots of joy and benefits along the way if you'll treat it like that. Oh, sometimes I forget. Our group C like always raises their hands and everything now. My mom raises her hand and I barely even noticed it. Go, go for it. Have you been that way for a while? No, just barely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting in this chapter, we learned that there's two pilgrimages. There's the the first group and in that group that there's the ones that get burned but that's not the end they get a second chance they got to go through a a lot of i think it said the something about uh, the school of hard knocks or something like that but anyway it's not an easy path but they get another chance Mm -hmm. The, the lord gives us chances to make these decisions it's a lot easier if you don't go that route but it is possible mm-hmm. yeah exactly I, it just kind of brings up this mental image i can't even remember or else i'd show it but like this cat that's on a leash that doesn't want to be there and it's just going like <laughs> i would love to just kind of throw up that meme or whatever but anyway sometimes we're, we're like that sometimes we'll be led along but sometimes we just like fight and kick against the bricks a good spiritual term to <laughs> put it but how often that that plays in like it, it's a hard route but the master knows what we need to do and, and how to to lead us along just just follow me we'll, we'll get through this and stuff but sometimes we just like ah but that's the great thing about the atonement and everything. Like God wants all of his children back. And so it's like endless opportunities and, and things. And and sometimes we're just going to be that cat on the end of the leash that just goes bonkers. But he still loves us. And it's like, okay, calm down. We got this. Let's, let's, let's go at your speed. That's the great thing about the gospel. He goes at whatever speed that you're ready to go for kind of thing. I, 
I found that uh, immensely true throughout 2020, et cetera. Like uh, some things I needed real slow, some things I needed fast, but uh, how great the, the Lord is in knowing the timing of, of our own individual circumstances. That's kind of one of the best testimony builders to me of just the whole gospel plan. How individualized it is, is such a miracle. Like, of course there's a God because he, he deals with us all so perfectly. And, and I, I just love that relationship there. Once you have eyes to see and start asking and, um, and going with it, he's, he's so ready to, to come and, and help us. Uh, I think that that's just awesome. All right. Um, so Lynn posts that, um, don't know where I found this. I think it was in a group, um, let's see, from last week. So the first estate, and this is from Heber J. Grant. It says that it has been revealed to us through the prophet Joseph Smith that whatever degree of intelligence that we shall attain in this life, the same will rise with us in the life to come. It is because of the knowledge that we will have an advantage over those that are negligent in the life to come. It is now explained to my mind how some come into this world without any particular degree of energy or desire to labor for their fellows or the spread of righteousness. It is because of their failure to have kept their first state with diligence and fidelity. Yeah, that's a great quote. I, I love Heber J. Grant. He's he's a good one to, uh, that, the pre-mortal. Uh, he really spent a lot of time uh, pondering and, and and receiving revelation on on that yeah that's great sorry i was a little late on posting that because you guys were talking about you know wh what whether we were how we came to be and why some people are more spiritual than others and it reminded me i think it was um what's her name in group c um alethea uh -huh. i think yeah. it was from alethea i'm not positive i think she shared that this week in group c mm-hmm yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we're kind of out of time. Any last comments or, or things you want to discuss from the chapter? It's been fun to <laughs> go through it. We're flying by these chapters, but but it's fun to to see all of these different insights and, and comments that are so wildly different amongst all the groups. <laughs> All right. Well, if there's nothing else, we'll go ahead and, and say goodnight for that. But uh, we'll we'll see everyone next week. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Yeah.